0: Welcome to the Life is a Ceremony podcast by Paititi Institute. We're inspired to share practical insights to engage everyday life as an evolutionary journey. Every moment is an opportunity to practice. If you would like to send us a question or comment or a donation, you're welcome to visit www.paititi-institute.org. That's www.paititi-institute.org. In this episode, Roman Hannes and Elton Leabella will be discussing grieving and the heart of sadness as an essential rite of passage on the path of timeless happiness.
1: Hello friends, this is Roman from Paititi Institute and I'll be sharing presence with uh, all of you and Elton on my side today. We have another Life as a Ceremony podcast. In today's question and answer, one of the main questions that came up has to do with the process of grieving and also sadness. And this may not be as happy
2: topics some people would want to hear about. And at the same time,
1: they are very essential. And those topics are essential on the path of evolution and the path of awakening of the heart. And in these uh, ancient traditions, they are very essential qualities, is, uh, those that relate to receptivity and sadness. And so today we'll talk a little bit about that, and this is quite a big topic. And so we decided to dedicate today's talk to this topic, and this is something that we all have to go through in life. Not just the pleasant experiences and situations, but also experiencing difficulties and failures in life and losing loved ones, and coming out of certain deeply inspiring relationships and connections with people. And so in these ancient traditions, the people who are grieving, they have always had a very special recognition in society. The people who are grieving were looked upon as uh, people who have deeper wisdom in life facing the inevitable. And the process of grieving in this society has to do with also grieving and really appreciating certain aspects of my own life and appreciating and honoring people that I have known in my life. And then getting to the essence behind those people or behind those experiences in my life and seeing how there are certain aspects of those people or of those situations in my life that can remain in the heart, or can awaken the heart. People that are dear to me in my life, that I have lost, I can truly appreciate them and recognize certain qualities, certain ways of being, that those people have reminded me about that aliveness, about humanity in myself. And the more then, that I can remember those qualities and cultivate them in my life, the more that those people, they stay alive in my heart. Their lives, their experiences, their connection with me was not something that just left with them, but their life was meaningful through my own experience and something that I can continue to make meaningful by actually honoring. So in this tradition, it is also related to this journey of soul, Recovery, to recover the soul of Great Spirit in each of us. And the heart of sadness is very essential to actually look at life honestly and sincerely and uh, not to just cover things up and continue to entertain myself and then at the same time avoid that awakening of the heart. So the Heart of Sadness and uh, people have asked about the particular rituals that relate to grieving. There are many different rituals that people in the ancient societies have engaged with and at the
2: same time it's up to each individual to really see what makes sense. Not to just go
1: through the motions or just do certain things that other people are doing. It's good to see that of course in some cultures that has to do with just isolating oneself from society and allowing oneself to take the time and really be with oneself. Really be with all those memories and experiences and situations. In some cultures it has to do with actually going into a certain retreat or in a certain seclusion, uh, even from the light of day, and returning into that mystery that we all come from. Recognizing how all of the different experiences and people in life, they are directly pointing to this remembrance. They're directly pointing to this original source all of us come from. And then each one of us is a unique spark that has come from that same source. And then the more that we can relate with each other, the more that that original source can be awakened. Sometimes in the indigenous traditions, also the people who are grieving, they are known to have a certain clear sight that allows them to see beyond the appearances and come out of this hectic daily world and to see beyond it, to see what is truly meaningful and essential in I may be bickering and arguing with people in
2: my life, but then actually seeing how I can
1: be gone at any moment those people who are dear in my life can be gone at any moment then with that i can get over myself i can step away from this kind of situation where i just engage in meaningless behavior that's what it comes down to essentially how can all of those experiences and circumstances in life support this deeper meaning deeper appreciation of each moment, of each situation, and how can I continuously see that greater purpose beyond all the experiences, beyond all of the different passing situations, and all of the people that I appreciate in my life, and also people that are difficult for me. How without all of those people, then I wouldn't really remember to become more human in this human body. From here, this heart of sadness allows for a deeper insight into life. Okay, All of those different situations and relationships, they cannot stay forever. And at the same time, they're all pointing to something that is actually impossible to lose. That uh, uh, essential humanity, those uh, qualities of being, the qualities that we're all born with, those qualities, they go beyond just me or my life and other people and it's something that we can engage in and practice and cultivate throughout our lives and potentially beyond. And so in these traditions, that's really what it comes down to and then the process of grieving it's not just the process of beating myself up over something and regretting situations and experiences but learning to really appreciate everything. Especially when I see that all kinds of different experiences and people are not lasting. And then I can truly appreciate that and uh, learn from And so then that opens up in life and allows life to not just be a random coincidence that I just have to struggle with. And instead seeing how everything has meaning, of course, all of those experiences that I really appreciate, all of those people that I deeply love in my life, and then see how actually something that is here, not to depend on, but to be inspired by, to actually open myself, to relate with people even more so, because I can see that it's not lasting all of the people in my life, instead of just beating myself up and seeing how I have been ignorant and not fully appreciative of, and then I can actually reconcile that. Even if I cannot do that with those people directly, I can reconcile that by learning those lessons in my life, by seeing what all of those experiences have been pointing to, And then instead of beating myself up, I can actually truly honor those experiences and situations by bringing that into all the other experiences and situations and relationships in life. In that way, people in this uh, ancient culture that we work with, they have had that special place in society during the process of reading. And people would actually honor those people and recognize the wisdom in them because there was this capacity to see beyond initial impression
2: and really see deeply what is it all about. People sometimes before passing away in the last moments of life can truly appreciate what life was about. To come out of superficial goals and
1: different ideas and running around and doing things for meaningless reasons and then see how actually It's those situations and experiences, those quality moments of life that I have experienced with my loved ones, with different people that have encouraged me to really face myself, that uh, that's what life is. And uh, then the more that I can recognize that before passing away, the more that I can actually bring those lessons into life and start to practice life as a ceremony in that way, where I see that I don't want to waste life on meaningless bickering, or running around, or dedicate this essential life energy for things that are not in line with the deepest inspiration, with the greater purpose in my life that really awakens who I am, that my heart is calling for. So this
2: is in relation to that. And so then, of course, there can be different ways that makes
1: sense for each individual to engage with this process. And there are specific rituals relevant to each one of us. And at the same time to really allow for those rituals to hold the space for really contemplating embodiment of being and recognition of how all of those different experiences and situations have encouraged the deep reconciliation within oneself the lessons that can be taken into one's life
3: amazing i'm in love <laughs> with this life and, and uh, you mentioned something you know that was really powerful to me where i had to face uh, a life and that situation and uh, a life was generous enough to show me in that moment where i thought that i'm gonna die and i have no other option what was meaningful in my life, and uh, in that moment I realized that all my aspirations as becoming the chef and all the material ideas that I had that I want to become someone they did not even matter. It's like that was just a cloud. But what mattered is to be with the people I love, and what saved me, like as a thought, I was actually there to help a friend of mine and I found this uh, richness in uh, and value in being there for others and uh, at that moment I did recognize that, yeah, life is worth living, sharing my life with others and helping rather than wanting to gain happiness, you know, because in that moment that happiness for me didn't mean anything and you know, I'm still trying to remind myself about Yes, so that was a very powerful message. And um, uh, but I do have a maybe question that is coming up for me regarding sadness and the outer world. How can I train in in the moment, remembering, you know? Because sometimes I face situations where the emotions are so you know overwhelming that there's nothing to remind me. First of all,
1: the experience that you shared this life-and-death kind of situation, very powerful experience and it may happen at different times in life, on different levels, all kinds of overwhelming situations and experiences, feeling like my life is falling apart Mm -hmm. and everything is just so intense and overwhelming in a way that can also be related to this facing death on a more subtle level And then in those situations, seeing, okay, well, everything is falling apart and my life is not going to last. What is that deeper, greater purpose than myself in this life? And what can allow me to face those challenges? And there has to be a greater purpose than just myself. To face certain difficulties in life that can seem so overbearing. In these traditions, this grieving, the heart of sadness that relates to this world of appearances where I get so attached to certain experiences and I want to avoid other experiences and I find certain people in my life that uh, bring me deep inspiration and meaning and nurture and then um, seeing how none of that is lasting and at the same time there's something so deeply true and meaningful that I see in those situations, that makes me wish to continue living certain people in my life that I love so much, that inspire me so much, that I can get through my challenges. And so then, again, this experiences of seeing through the appearances and then seeing how those people, they are reminding me about that essential recovery, how to awaken those qualities in myself. And
2: then seeing through the realm of appearances into the realm of the
1: great spirit, which is immutable, unchanging, and it has to do with what in these traditions people relate to as essential human qualities. The more that I can relate to people in my life, the more that I can see myself in other people and see other people in myself, the more that I can actually connect to that greater purpose that goes beyond just my little self that is not permanent and there is a lot of wisdom in that because yeah even though everything in this world is impermanent life itself and the qualities that life formed through they are keep going it has to do with the complementary opposites in the universe the divine union of the masculine and feminine in relation to those qualities of being, that connection between the consciousness and love, bringing that connection and then seeing how instead of avoiding difficulties in life, instead of avoiding this grief, instead of avoiding all kinds of problems in life, how I can engage with all those situations in a way that can keep opening, can keep encouraging those essential qualities that go beyond. And then in these traditions, that is essential on the evolutionary path for each individual, that life is not a random coincidence. And then I can continue living this life in a way that keeps awakening that greater purpose. Of course, it's difficult in those moments sometimes. It can be challenging to continue encouraging that And some situations can be so overwhelming and carry me outside of being present. I get carried away. And at the same time, it's the practice. I can see how I can avoid situations and I can forget. And then it's also part of that heart of sadness. How easily do I forget? And then just try to find happiness and superficial things that can never really bring that deep fulfillment. And then at a certain point, I can actually take it seriously. I can see. okay, I forget easily. And because of that, I can start to develop my life in a way that allows me to be reminded. And allows me to have friends in my life who remind me. And allows me to have different tools and practices and situations keep reminding me to come back into that. And, of course, I have to start practicing with less intense situations because if I only wait for the big experiences to happen, to practice, then when that happens, it's very hard to actually remember, to maintain that openness, not run away from the difficulty. And so then gradually then that becomes possible if I can have many different circumstances and situations in my life that help me remember on a smaller scale. Yeah, it has to do of course with this opposites of life I try to hold on to pleasure and by doing that I create pain and because I avoid painful experiences and situations then I'm actually directly for them happening more than they have to as part of that reminder and then I have to really be willing to look at those reminders in order for that to happen without that then Yeah, grieving in that deeper, meaningful way is not possible. Then I'm grieving just as part of this, maybe crying for what others have gone through because I don't want to go through it myself. Sort of truly opening up to the experience and seeing, well, yeah, I'm going to be gone as well and what that goes beyond just my own superficial experience of life. What is it that I see about others? that are no longer here that continues to be relevant in my life? What is it about me that will continue to be relevant even when my body is no longer going to be here? And then how can I really encourage that? And bring that more and more into focus while I'm still here and alive in this existence and then really honor that in everyone in my life more and more. How can I see that deeper essence, that eternal spirit, quintessence of nature beyond the fleeting and personalities and character. And how that is something that is present within everyone. And the more that I can see that in everyone in my life, the more I can be reminded of that. For the indigenous people, then it is about bringing that uh, greater wisdom into everyday life situation and circumstance. Yeah, the grieving experience is essential. It's essential to have some time to really get to that essence. But then it's also very essential to bring that essence into everyday life and to learn how to maintain that. And of course that has to do with life as a ceremony. The question that is coming up for uh, someone who is watching us right now with a friend. Any good books or reading you would recommend for dealing with the pain of loss and death? So, because I am engaged with this lineages of leading wisdom, then the best book, of course, is the book of your life. Each of our lives has so much that can be reflected upon. And uh, there is so much to be contemplated, so many experiences, situations, circumstances that have great depth to them, often much more than I am willing to admit to myself. And in these traditions, it's the book of life that is the most essential. Then of course once engaging with my own life and starting to reconcile and reflect and seeing all those experiences and
2: situations that have been meaningful to me or have been really difficult
1: for me to deal with, to engage. Once I really start looking and gather the deeper meaning or the deeper purpose And see what is this really about, what has been deeply inspiring to me, who were the people who made me who I am, and how different people in my life have been this uh, deep inspiration to go above and beyond myself. And so then the more that I can start really looking into that and establishing that context for what my life is about, how I wish to continue gearing my life, that uh, heart calling
2: then yeah there can be different books that can help and
1: for different people there can be different traditions to relate to some people relate very deeply with the sufi path of that living wisdom and other people relate very deeply with different paths of dedication devotion that has to do with the Eastern traditions, and uh, some people may relate to it from the point of view of Amazonian, Indian, Northern Native American traditions that uh, actually work with this connection that is very tangible with the Great Spirit, has to do with all my relations, or where people meet each other, they say, hello, me, or we share the highest, I am you and you are me, seeing how we are all reflections of that greater self, and then there are specific rituals and specific practices that encourage that return into the great womb of creation that we all come from, remembering that interconnectedness, coming out of this sense of separation that relates to appearances, this is me and this is you, and actually there is a lot more common between us than we think, there is also the Buddhist science of the mind, in which the mind, of course, has to do with the heart, it includes the heart, includes the
2: emotions. And then seeing how there are specific guidance available, specific teachings that uh, encourage that.
1: And at the same time, what makes sense to me in my experience, and of course I can only share my experience, is that it's not someone else's knowledge. I can engage with that guidance and with those teachings only when it really rings true within myself, when it touches something essential. And so then that becomes meaningful. And I can engage with all of those different books and different teachings and traditions because it is alive in me and in my own experience. And so, yeah, there are a lot of different support guidances available within different traditions and then it's up to each individual to see what is meaningful. In our approach, where we work with the indigenous traditions, they don't have many books, if any, it's always been an oral transmission. And at the same time, also working with Tibetan Buddhist lineage of that direct experience. And one of the teachers that I'm really inspired by and really talks to my heart is Pema Chodron. And there are different books that she has that are very helpful with that. One of the books that we really work with very deeply and found a lot of benefit with is uh, The Places That Scare You. It's a very good book by Pema Chodron where she relates to all of those different practices and experiences that help
2: to encourage power of tenderness, the greatest power. It's this
1: willingness to open up to all of the difficulties in life and then through them actually awaken that fearless love and see that this is actually something that the whole life has been encouraging me. And then I start to see that more and more and actually recognize that it is possible to open up to all of those struggles, and all of the grief, and all of the pain, and not be lost in that, but actually to find that fearless love within it. And if you want to add.
3: Yeah, uh, maybe actually about the books uh, that you shared, that it's it's something that's alive. You know, I can read, or I've been reading some books, but actually if uh, I'm not also willing to open up to all my difficulties, then... uh, the book
1: can be a way to escape, rather experiencing life itself. Yeah, and that's definitely something that I see how all of these oral transmission lineages work, where they don't have any books. And at the same time, there are real people who have faced their own challenges and real difficulties, and then really honoring those people is more essential than reading books. Because I can read many books, but to actually have a human being, a real human being, who I can open up, to, I can relate with, who has that direct experience of facing life circumstances and dealing with challenges that I'm dealing with and sometimes even more so, and then not throwing in the towel, then to have people like that in my life has been more essential and more valuable than any books that I have read. Yeah, the books can be useful, but again, in these traditions, it's really essential to actually take the time first and really open up to one's own experience. And really see, okay, this is what is bothering me. Those are the struggles in my life. And then to actually take some time with that and really establish a certain context. And really say, okay, I'm gonna try to deal with it on my own. I'm gonna try to deal with it and open up to this experience and struggle and have difficulty. And then I know what it takes to actually deal with that because I have tried. And because of that, I can truly appreciate the guidance that I receive. Otherwise, if I haven't even tried and I just basically stuff my conceptual mind with all kinds of different teachings, it's not gonna be so useful. There has to be that basic connection to my own experience where I sincerely have tried to make it work and struggled and maybe also succeeded to a certain degree. It's very important to learn how to trust in one's own inherent potential, at least on a very basic level, to then engage with external guidance. And that's the guidance that I received from my teachers in these traditions, where I have to actually take some time first and develop that foundation of what it means for me, how it comes through my own direct experience, and then the teachings can be meaningful or useful. This has to do with another question: What is the best way to deal with grief over a close loved one dying when it feels so overwhelming? Yeah, those are those experiences where it gets very real. In the indigenous traditions, there have to be those times when one is dealing with it on one's own, and then also coming together with the community. And not just experiencing that grieving as something that has to do with just me, but uh, connecting with other people who are also grieving. And in the indigenous uh, tribes that I have lived, when
2: somebody dies, one individual's life, then they have to grieve and be with themselves through that process for
1: part of the time but then also connect with other people within that community who are either also grieving that same individual or who have actually been grieving in the past other people that were dear to them and who can share that experience who can come and support that presence and it's not about making it easier necessarily it's not about okay I'm gonna help you get over it and get on with your life but uh, it's about really not making it wrong and allowing for that experience to be gone to fully. And so then in these traditions, people who are those examples that I have mentioned, the teachers, they're not teachers how not to live life. They are actually encouraging that full openness to all life experiences without making it wrong and without trying to avoid it or get over it. And instead showing how all of those things that are overwhelming to me, I can actually experience them. I can open up to all of those overwhelming situations and not get intimidated by my own self imposed limitations. And then encourage that fearless love, awaken that heart that is capable to actually experience everything without being intimidated. And so then the more that that presence is cultivated. And like I said, it's good to start with less intense experiences in life, but sometimes it's not possible. And then those times are wake-up calls. Okay, it's really hard and I don't know how to do it. And I don't have to make it wrong. And I don't have to feel separate about it. And think that, yeah, I'm just incapable of feeling this sorrow or this sadness and no one can understand me and I'm the only one who goes through that. Actually sooner or later within each individual's life it is bound to happen and sometimes uh, that's a very strong, just a very deeply shaking experience in one's life. Okay, someone has passed away in my life that has been so dear to me and I don't know how to deal with that and I don't know how to work with that and. I am so overwhelmed and I have so much grief and pain and sadness in my life, then that can actually point me to start living my life in a more meaningful way. Okay, if I have gone through such a painful experience in my life, other people that are still alive in my life may go through the same. And other people may love me. What will happen when I die? Is that what I want for others, to just stay with that? And so then, how can I really turn my life around? And the support that I haven't received in my life, how can I learn to actually provide it? How can I actually find that greater meaning in these very difficult experiences that can turn my life around, That where I no longer live my life so
2: carelessly, Or mindlessly without any meaning and
1: just try to hide from difficult experiences until it's too late. Until I can no longer hide from it. And then see how that's inevitable in life. Sooner or later. And definitely it's better for me to remember that sooner so that I can actually do something about it. And not waste my life until it's too late. That can be an essential motivation to start living life. And then from that place, of course, I can start to engage with this uh, living wisdom traditions and see how there are people who have learned how to do that. And then have been sharing that generation after generation in a very direct and a very alive way. It's not just some teachings or conceptual things that I read in a book, but how I can be completely open and receptive and alive all experiences how can i allow that spirit to shine in the face of adversity and so um yeah it's essential to actually see how i do get overwhelmed how i do experience situations that are too much and not make it wrong that actually allows me to learn to open up and to see okay This is what is happening and that can open the door for evolution, for seeing how I can actually move through that and relate to the experience of others, not just beat myself up and get down. In my experience, that's the best way to deal with it, is to open myself up to the degree that I can and then uh, to see where I cannot do it and also to actually have that greater purpose, step on the path of learning, awakening, and consider the possibility that it is possible, maybe I cannot do it now, but this is something that I can dedicate my life to, my life brings me towards, and then because of that, if I am not afraid of things that are difficult, then I can truly rejoice, so um, another friend is asking, if i have been or we have been a part of indigenous grieving ceremonies funerals and how are they different from westernized or christian traditions? i find that uh, in the indigenous grieving ceremonies and funerals it's not so formal often and it's also not so somber people go through A process of of course uh, being sad and reconciling and appreciating and at the same time also celebrating and rejoicing really allowing the spirit of the dead one to continue on their journey not clinging to them but uh, actually wishing them to continue and to send them off in a good way And so in the ceremonies, there are periods of time where people experience the difficulty of grief and sadness and allow themselves to actually open up to that deep honoring of their loved ones. And then also allow the time to truly, because of recognition how transient, life is, then actually experiencing that joy and celebrating and maintaining the spirit of being alive. Seeing how this life is not something to waste on just being miserable. And in that way, keeping the spirit alive, bringing that essence out of the death of their loved one continuing with their spirit, continuing to share their heart with the spirit of the all of the people. Of course, there is that one particular person or a few people, but then through them connecting to all of them and then seeing how, yeah, they have lived their lives so that this life can actually be kept in the light. And they have lived their lives So that we can actually remember that essence. And we can remember that unique spark that they have contributed. And so in that way it's different because it is something that is not bound by dogma so much. And I have seen some of the western rituals where people come and everyone are dressed in black and very somber. And there is this... um, time of really reconciling and maybe remembering God, however way people can relate to God. But then coming out of that ritual and trying to forget about it. Okay, I did my duty and that makes me feel good about myself, but then, yeah, that's not really my problem and I can get over it and continue in my life. And in the indigenous culture, the experience that I have seen is that they are not so formal and separate from everyday life. Where people go into these ceremonies and they experience them and then at the same time there is a connection even within the ceremonies to everyday life. Yeah, I don't have to be so somber. I can allow myself to go through the process without being judged or shamed for it. Some people start laughing hysterically during the funeral process and if that's done in the western tradition that's a sign of disrespect. People start to make comments and judge but in indigenous traditions that's actually recognized as part of the process. Okay, I have to acknowledge all of those reactions And there can be different defense mechanisms that different people may have. Some people may start to laugh. Some people may start to cry. Some people may just be very quiet. Some people may actually encourage that greater openness. And so then to see how all of those experiences, they can be honored as part of that process. And how there is that relatedness that comes through it and then people can share that space in that way. And in a way, sometimes it looks like order of chaos. And there is order in that chaos, where initially it may seem um, like a lot is happening, but then gradually in the indigenous cultures, there's a harmonization that takes place. And then uh, people can open to each other and they can open to themselves in each other in that way. I can start seeing how, yeah, before when something like that would happen to me, I would just lock up, just become very closed down and not being able to do anything about it. And suddenly I see, oh, I can actually smile at this. Or I can bring a deeper contemplation into that process, start to engage with that way. I don't have to freeze with that experience. Or I can actually focus on the complementary opposite of death which is life and in the face of death i can appreciate life and then really celebrate life but it is really that unity of diversity that contributes to the living wisdom without judging or shaming or things have to be only a certain way and at the same time within that there is the mutual respect yeah i can respect my own process, I can respect other people's process and then learn to balance that. And so people bring each person brings their own particular piece into that. And at the same time the ceremony is not to just impose that on others. And not to create an overzealous experience of that and to allow space for others and to share. And so the ceremony has to do with that, where in the Western culture it can be difficult because people are used to this one priest or certain person that is giving the rules and everyone have to abide by that and then people are afraid to create this situation where anything goes and then people's egos start to very bloated and then the intentional, meaningful approach is missing from that. So in the indigenous traditions, people are actually encouraged to maintain that from very young age and how to really engage in that unity of diversity and then when it comes down to those very difficult experiences and situations, then people are able to approach them in a way that everyone are holding space. And so it is different in that way. So then in Western culture, because often growing up in a society that is not so unified, the communities are not so related, and people live in a greater sense of separation, then it is helpful to have some structure, but at the same time to actually encourage people to really share what is coming up to them and not be ashamed and also to maintain that relatedness. I find that that can also be very useful in the world for people who are ready for that. I think those are all the questions that we have for now. It's good that uh, questions are coming up. Definitely, I really appreciate when we engage in meaningful subjects together and Yeah, this uh, willingness to actually bring deeper insight into life experience. And for me also the heart of sadness, this grieving process, has been very essential in my own spiritual path and uh, the path of evolution, where I could really see all of those ways in my life, how... I have been so attached to them and how I live my life in this very childish way. And then also I can grieve that. I can see that I have invested so much energy in my life to find happiness in things that were not lasting. In relationships and situations and experiences, just really wanted to depend on those experiences and really wanted that to true and to be able to grasp onto something as a source of happiness and then failing over and over and over again and then kept doing it because of not seeing any other way and just being lost in this realm of appearances and even though the appearances are reflecting this uh, glimmer of that true eternal essence that I can recognize to be true in myself than mistaking appearances themselves for what they are only reflecting and instead of actually awakening to that within myself trying to do it in an easy spiritual bypass kind of manner where no, I'm just gonna keep holding on to this reminder of what that is and not really of what that truly is and then of course the reminders stop working after a while if i engage with them in that way or they disappear from my life and then i have to sporadically frantically look for something else that reminds me of that and so then also grieving for this naive part of me that engaged with life in that way and also seeing that yeah this is a very childish part of me that I have to also acknowledge and also appreciate. I have done that for so long I have persevered for so long in this very futile attempt that uh, at a certain point I have to really appreciate that perseverance and then in that way I can redirect that perseverance towards actually getting to the root of that and awakening that unconditional quality in my life. And I have to be sad. Look, this this was very sad. It's a very sad way to live my life. And I have to appreciate that sadness and honor that sadness. Without that sadness I'll keep doing that. If I don't really acknowledge that, then I will keep those futile attempts and will continue to fool myself. Otherwise I can really appreciate that. It's really sad. And I have done that. And continue to do it in different ways. And I can really honor this part of me. That just keeps struggling. That keeps trying. And it's this inner child. That doesn't know any better. And is looking for that nurture. It's looking for that guidance. But I have to really honor that part of me dying. And then because I can grieve that. I can awaken that essence beyond this identity that is so lost in appearances. And so it's this heart of sadness and grieving, also individual who I used to be. Being receptive to the deeper meaning underneath that. And not just judging myself or shaming myself for that. So that's also been very essential for me in my life in relation to the grieving process, is actually grieving myself. Sometimes, in relation to the grieving ceremonies and funerals, one of the grieving ceremonies that I have experienced in the Amazon, that the different tribes go to, and I have experienced that in the Ashuar tribe, and then I've also heard uh, of that being done in other tribes from my elders, where during the grieving process... To really bring it home that actually it's not that other person that I'm grieving. I'm grieving myself in them. And during the grieving process, the individual actually the person who is grieving, who is still alive, is buried. It's a thin layer of soil, but the person is completely gets covered up and just a little space is left for air to come through. And the person is left sometimes for a day to be buried. And during that time is actually To really bring it home, grieving this temporary personality and then opening up to what is beyond that, opening up to that greater purpose and meaning, awakening that heart of sadness where I have to look at everything in my life and how one day it will be gone. Not just the people in my life, not just the different things that I may own right now and all kinds of trinkets but everything that I am all that I am all that I think that I am how I like things and how I don't like things and how I'm used to being and all of the ways how I engage with life all of that will be done and so it is an essential not just the grieving process but it's an essential threshold of That awakening to the Great Spirit, awakening to the true nature, awakening to that essence that is beyond this superficial existence. And then really needing to be receptive to that, to open up to that, not to avoid that, but to really see within that what is truly, what is it in my being that is indestructible. And how can I focus on that, how can I really appreciate everything about this superficial existence, this transient experience, in a way that is pointing to that awakened, is interconnected, that is reciprocal.
2: What is it that uh, goes beyond just my own
1: separate existence and what is it that allows me to relate with others? So I cannot answer that question for anyone except myself. And it's for each individual to really ask that question. Another question that is coming up, um, another friend is asking, can you give some insight into the significance of crying and tears in the grieving process? How does one know when they've shed enough tears? Or is it more noble to remain strong and hold back? So that's also a great question. In The traditions that uh, I have been a part of, again, is that reciprocity, the interconnectedness. And then recognition how this interconnectedness, this greater purpose, essence of life has to do with that. And how who I am is not separate from others and how I can actually be a meaningful link in that greater connection. So then, yeah, when I am experiencing something in my life, am I willing to open up to it and actually engage with it from a place of openness and presence and love? Or do I just react to it blindly and impulsively, and then just get lost and overwhelmed and carried away, and then just be an unconscious link in the vicious cycle? So this process of grieving And the awakening that I am relating to has to do with that. Awakening from that unconscious perpetuation of misery and suffering. And so then, again, I can relate, I can share. Uh, I know this uh, one person in my life, in my family, that uh, has experienced a death of a loved one. And for that person, there was no spiritual path in that person's life on a conscious level and then that person was living life uh, based on very material values and avoiding all kinds of different discomforts and struggles and pains and then their loved one died and then they went into severe depression and crying endlessly and weeping and at the same time It wasn't that person that they were weeping for. But uh, they were weeping for themselves. They were weeping for this very scary understanding that they will have to die. And they have been avoiding that all their lives. And um, this immense fear came out. It wasn't that other person. That other person, it was... uh, a very dear loved one of theirs and that person was dying for about a year connected to a life support and the person was still conscious and uh, the person actually said to this uh, relative of mine they said to them I'm ready I have reconciled my life I'm ready to go on but the power of to disconnect the life support was in in that relative's hands. And then for six months that relative did not allow their loved one to pass even though their loved one was begging them where they were ready. But uh, this relative of mine did not allow them to do it because of being so terrified of their own death. Which is kind of selfish. And um, yeah crying a lot and shedding tears but at the same time not doing that sincerely but doing it uh, as a way to just uh, continue avoiding being present with the issue and then just wallowing in self-pity poor me, I'm so miserable everyone are leaving me and what am I going to do and I'm going to have to go through the same thing and my life has been and so um, in these traditions uh, Again, that encouragement to really be present with that. Yeah, it's essential to feel everything, but not to get lost in it. And yeah, sometimes it's part of that process that one needs to get lost in order to be found. But there has to be that willingness, okay, yeah, I'm getting lost in it, and at the same time, I really wish to see what it's about. I really wish to work with that. I wish to engage with others and relate and not just close down, because... In that example that I'm bringing about my relative, they just completely closed down, and they did not want to even hear about it. And they forbade everyone around them, all their friends and relatives, to even mention death. And would get really upset when somebody would even just mention the topic. And uh, that's not what uh, the approach of living wisdom traditions Where, yeah, I have to engage with it and deal with it and experience overwhelm and difficulty and sometimes cry for a long time and at the same time open the experience of others and relate with it and be willing to see deeper meaning in that instead of just uh, continue be dominated by the emotions. And so it's neither one, right? It's not about completely reacting and it's not about completely blocking it off. But it's this creative approach, yeah? This emotions, this grief, the tears, the sadness, it's energy. And I have to open myself up to that energy and at the same time not be swept up by it. But remember how I can reciprocate that energy in a way that can actually be meaningful to myself and others. And so that is part of that evolutionary journey, to be a conscious link in the greater organism rather than be this unconscious form of ignorance and so then yeah it it is significant it's essential to open up to feelings emotions and at the same time not to be lost in that and then in the indigenous traditions yeah this sadness this grief okay can i sing can i paint can i dance and allow that energy To be in service of that creation, of that creative force. It is this in a way uh, mycelium web, interconnectedness, reciprocity. There is a part of me that is above ground, a part of me that is below ground, and to really bring all that in a way that is meaningful for life to be honored. (laughs) (laughs)
3: I'm amazed, amazed by that because. uh, you know, this is speaking to my process. Me just staying here and relating to
2: mm-hmm.
3: my process. In, in this conversation, through the questions, l- like this is what's coming. Like through everyone, you, you know, um, answering the questions, the people asking the questions. What the, the, uh, my experience right now is that it's like the universe came to tell me what to do in my process. and. To allow myself to keep listening. And not because maybe things can may be fun or easy to forget. Like how can I still continue to be in service. In
1: every moment and cultivate awareness. Yeah. And um, that's also something that I find really meaningful in these traditions. So Is that it's essential to actually allow oneself to struggle. And it's this experience of when I and struggling and maybe engaging in hard physical labor and digging and digging and digging. And then I can truly rest, right? It's like this rest that is earned through a lot of hard work. And it also relates to, of course, this process of breathing and really seeing, okay, if I can allow myself to open up to all of the difficulties and struggles of life. and Engage in life in a more meaningful way, then I can be at peace. I know that I have not wasted my life. When I can actually allow myself to open up to the struggle and share it within a community of people that are also open and intentional, then I can really see that there is that also a very meaningful balance where if I can allow myself to go to everything and I can be open to others, do that as well, then there is this also fulfillment and ease that comes to that. I cannot really know what true peace is. I cannot know what real rest is if I don't struggle. And so then in these traditions it has to do with that. It's this complementary opposites of life. When I allow myself to fully engage in life, I can allow myself to be fully free. And they work together. And that's the essential wisdom. Where our modern world today, people are afraid to fully engage, to fully open up to the experiences of life. And then uh, people are never able to relax. And so then... It's that vicious cycle. Okay, I cannot fully experience sadness. And because of that, I'm constantly depressed. And in my own life, yeah, I had to go through at a certain point. Also in relation to this question. Where yeah, I was feeling a lot of sadness. And a lot of depression early on in my path. And the guidance that I received from my teachers is. That I should open myself to it. Unreservedly, which I was terrified. And then I started. Opening up and practicing until at a certain point I allowed myself to fully open up and not try to get rid of it and really see what it's about. And then was a very natural transformation. It took me quite a few months of being with that continuously because a lot has been accumulated in my life at that point. But then at a certain point I was willing to continue stay with that experience of sadness. And the only thing that was coming up for me was a big smile. But I had to really open up myself. So I think that was good for today. Our team is letting me know that we don't want to stress people's attention span too much. I really appreciate everyone's presence and involvement and engagement. And I am very inspired to continuously honor our community and be in support in however way I can. And allow everyone else to also be in support and this is that shared awakening and that's what deeply inspiring and fulfilling in my life and that's what keeps me going is to see everyone's motivation, involvement and how we can become more and more related and connected and appreciate life and rejoice in life because of the struggles of life because of not avoiding anything than truly finding that fulfillment and purpose and a way to support and inspire each other much gratitude for everyone thank you so much mm-hmm. inspiration yeah
3: um after actually a lot of struggling still struggle but i struggle in an easier way the practice of struggling within a community of people that you know i'm are able to receive me and also receive the guidance of how to do it. And I can see the same mechanics happening inside me, but I'm actually happy to be alive and wanting to learn how to continue to open up.
1: We love you all. Keep asking questions.
0: Thank you so much for joining us. If you have a question about what was shared today, or wish to ask a question for us to cover in the future, please visit www.paititi-institute.org. That's www.paititi-institute.org. May all beings be happy and free.